Hey guys, welcome to the She Knows Arsenal match review or match reaction on the whistle. We just won the North London Derby 2-1 and I am ecstatic. Um, I can't lie and say that I was super confident before the game, but I did think that the, the over, you know, overreaction or overly dramatic commentary that was coming from especially in the u.s the commentary was very like you know spurs are overwhelming favorites arsenal have absolutely nothing that they can do to them you know we have a better defense than them so i'm not quite sure why they felt like arsenal didn't have anybody that could hurt them but ultimately you know even the game started out with some negativity from the especially from commentary which i thought was really weird with abameyang you know um this weird thing about, hey, well, if they really want to win this game, Arteta will just forget about Aubameyang, um, you know, not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But Lee Dixon said it, you know, if you're late to practice, you know, or you're late to a meeting, you know, I mean, everybody needs to be punished the same. So the commentary didn't start out great, but from the minute that we started, we were dominating that game. We were dominating that game. The combination of Smith Rowe, Odegaard, and Saka was like beautiful. It worked perfectly. And I'm just, the performance was just so, so good. Um, and they're such young players to be able to like come into a North London Derby and play the way that they did was just, it was amazing to see. And I think that, you know, regardless of the negativity that was kind of being, perpetuated be before the match, we showed them. Like, we showed them that it's not just about a bombing. Like, first of all, we've been playing without a bombing and without a bombing's goals pretty much the entire season. So it's not that big of a deal that he's not playing. When I did kind of like a match preview for this, um, I personally felt as though this was a Lacazette, Pepe, Saka, Smith row type of game because I thought the quick movement would have been a lot better to shift around the Spurs defenders because they're not good. And so I wasn't too put off by the fact that Lacazette started. Um, and I, I just think it went perfectly the exact way that we wanted it to go, you know. Um, but let me get into some of your guys' comments. You guys let me know how you guys are feeling about this game. Wolfgame Grenier says, huzzah. <laughs> it was stressful. It was very stressful. But what North London Derby isn't, I think this, uh, in recent history, for me, this was the most exciting one um, by a lot. You know, so um, it was very stressful. But big games are stressful. Ayob A says, good win for Arsenal. Spurs were dead overall. And, you know, I know that the commentary will be that Spurs didn't show up, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that the way that we set up and our energy made them uninterested in trying to have to play us. You know, they, it's not just like, it's the coach's tactics has a lot to do with how a team moves forward. And I think Arteta out coached Jose Mourinho today. So the commentary will be that these players just didn't show up, but ultimately these players, they knew Kane, Son in the beginning, Bale, they knew that we had their number. The tactics took them completely out of the game. 
Flo Lassenach says, get in. North London is red. It is. The, the Spurs fans were so freaking confident before this game. And although I wasn't overly confident about us winning the game, I was like, I think it's a lot more even than it's being kind of built up around. Like, you know, it was more Spurs are overwhelming favorites and Arsenal have no choice, no chance. But I was like, their recent uptick in form was just like two minutes ago. You know, they haven't been great the entire season and they haven't been playing anybody. So, and we're a much better team than Crystal Palace, Burnley, Wolfsburg. These are the teams that they beat, you know, so it wasn't going to be a walk in the park for them. Das Kuma says up the gunners. Exactly. Yes. I am feeling so good. Like I'm feeling so good. <laughs> Cathal Lynch says, come on, you gunners, my, my chest. Yes. Like I am so happy you guys. Like, I know you guys are too. This is, this is a big, this is probably our biggest win of the season. Velocinex says, feel like I just ran a marathon. Yes. There were, there were moments where I was like almost on the verge of tears because I just felt like if we could just get this over the line, this would be big for us. Carl Huggins says, and breathe out. Exactly. Exactly. Conlip says, those last five minutes, though, where from? Where did those last, where did those five minutes in stoppage time, where did those come from? Like, where did those come from? I was like, they're just trying to give them another opportunity to, to win this game. And I mean, we did give them opportunities, but it didn't work. Carl Huggins asks, who's the man of the match for me? Um... It's really a tough one because I really could give it to a couple of different people. I think Smith Rowe was excellent today. I think um, Odegaard was unplayable today. Um, and he was getting stuck in as well, which is not really a part of his game. So, you know, he was hyped up for this. I thought Thomas Party and Jaka were immense today. Um, and so was Gabrielle and Tierney too. So you guys let me know who your man of the match is. I think, um, I think I want to give it to Smith Rowe. I, I just think he had Doggerty on toast and he was really the player that we were talking about at halftime, you know, and how good he was. So I think it has to be a male Smith Rowe, but it could be Tierney. It could be Gabrielle for the, the, you know, clearance off the goal line. It could be Thomas Party. I mean, he was immense. I mean, if you had any questions about why we spent $45 million on this player, today reminded you. He is huge in big games. And did we? could we say anything about Hoiberg? This is somebody that Spurs have been saying, oh, he's one of the best players this, for this entire season, one of the, the transfers of the season. No, Thomas Party is one of the transfers of the season. Hoiberg was a joke today. Their midfield was non-existent. And that's because you had Thomas Party and Jaka who decided that they were going to take advantage of, they were going to um, basically own the midfield, you know, and it wasn't just about, you know, in possession, it was out of possession as well. And they made some really, really big tackles. So you can make a case for a, quite a bit of players, but I think it has to be a Mill Smith row. Party was fading towards the end, still has some work to do to get back to 100%. But for the first 60 minutes, he was immense. He is not at full fitness, but for him to play as well as he did in a really important game, uh, he faded towards the end. But I, I have to say that he made a huge difference today. 
I don't think you get the same result with Danny Ceballos or El Nenny. Nick Lawson says, do you think Kane should have been set? Yes. Okay. So that was one of the moments where I was so close to crying because it was like that. I'm about to cry because I can't hit somebody kind of thing. Like I wasn't sad, but I was so angry because what Harry Kane did after the ball had been kicked from Gabrielle was if, if an Arsenal player had done that, it would have been looked at over and over and over again until it became a red card. And he didn't even get a yellow for it. But justice was served when Lamella got the red card. Das Kuma says ESR was great. He really, really was. I mean, and I think for a longer term kind of thought process, it's it's important for us to be able to see that Emil Smith Rowe and Odegaard can play together. I think that that was a a huge kind of there's a lot of anxiety in this in the fan base about Odegaard coming in and ESR being pushed to the bench. But if they can both play together, that's really, really good for us. And personally, I think he adds something that William doesn't really give us on that left-hand side. Yob A says, do you think Lacazette had a poor game overall, especially if he hadn't scored today? Um, I think he did what Lacazette does in that position. Um, I was furious when I think it was Emil Smith-Rowe crossed, crossed the ball in and he looked like he ran over the ball. I don't know if somebody called for it or something, but when you're the striker, you take that shot on and it looked like he was devoid of confidence. And that tends to happen with Lacazette. If he doesn't play for a while, he's devoid of confidence. And I think we're looking to upgrade on him in the summer. So I'm not going to slag him off too hard. You know, um, he did work hard. He did pressure. He, he did win us some fouls, but you know, I wouldn't, if he had, if we had not won this game, I think he'd be more of a topic of conversation. Chris Mundy says ESR man of the match. I agree. Carl Hungus says ESR for me. Yep. I think so. Devil Short says you are the man of the match. Keep up the good work. Smith Rowe Odegaard. Thank you so much. I'm, that's really sweet. Thank you. And yeah, I'm just going to keep working and I'm just happy that you guys like to watch my stuff. <laughs> Nick Lawson says, exactly. Imagine if Jaka, if it was Jaka who did that. Yeah, exactly. That's my thing is they got away with a lot of stuff, but to me, justice was served. You know, once Lamella got kicked out of the game, I did think we looked strange, you know, once um, Spurs went down to 10 men, I was a little taken aback by how much we decided to kind of sit back that invited the chances. It invited the, the um, those, those scary, you know, chances from Kane. And um, I would like to see us be a little bit more confident. You know, we're up a goal. Spurs haven't really done anything. And I think we kind of invited them back into the game. And there was a sense of um, – nervousness from the team that you could you could kind of see you know once they went down to 10 men and there was about 10 minutes left um wolf game grenier says i really like jocka thomas pairing today i think the pairing has been good the entire season it's just the problem is is that thomas has never been fit you know but it the balance that they have is good for us you know it, it, it it's good for us and as much as I think we all understand that 
Xhaka may not be the player for the future, I don't think we can deny how good he's been lately, even despite the mistake at, at Burnley. And Thomas and Xhaka kind of share responsibility, and that's important because Xhaka had too much responsibility on him before. And when you give him just a couple of things to do, you know, and to try to do well, he does a lot better. You know, so I'm not mad at this partnership. You know, we have to remember that things may be tight in the summer. You know, we may not have a huge transfer kitty. You know, so if we can make the resources that we have work, that's good. You know, so not saying that Jock is here for the long haul or that's how we should build our team for the future. But if they can build a solid partnership and play like this consistently, then I have no problem with it. Nick Lawson says, we seem to play poorly when we have some form of advantage against inferior teams like Benfica, Olympiacos, or when Spurs went down to 10 men. We seem to play best when facing adversity. I do kind of agree with that. I think we don't deal with domination well and superiority. So I do agree with you. And I think that that's just something that this team is going to have to um, work through, you know, um, um, we're going to be a possession-based, you know, possession-dominant team. So we have to get used to being the the team that has the impetus to try to make things happen. And when we go up a goal, we need to not just go into our shell and become scared, you know. But I have noticed that, that there's a little bit of, like, a lack of confidence when we go up a goal or we're playing a lower-level team. And I think that'll go away over time, you know, because I, I think that – the Arsenal team of a couple months ago, if we had been in this game, well, we saw that in December, we just got played right off the park. And this was a completely different performance from this team. So I think we're making steps one by one. So yeah, I just, I don't know, you guys, I'm just basking in it. I'm so excited. And I think that, again, with the negativity kind of from the jump, it didn't really set the stage for this type of performance. Like I didn't really think that this is what would happen. I didn't think it would be Spurs running all over us. Like the commentary was saying, but I'm pleasantly surprised at what I saw today. And I want to talk about somebody in particular um, who I thought, even though a lot of people were saying that, you know, it's unfair that he didn't start. I just think when he came on the field, he had a good energy and that's Nicola Pepe. This is a player that I think has had a very difficult year as an Arsenal player. And, you know, he he's done really well since Christmas, but he's kind of fallen away and fallen out of the starting lineup um, as things have progressed. But what I like about what he did today was he came in with an energy that we didn't see from him in the past, you know, um, and he has done that in the last couple of games as a sub. And that's really good progress for, for Pepe. That pass that he put into Lacazette, we don't get the penalty if he doesn't put in that pass. And I just think that I'm very happy to see that a player that we've been so unsure about is giving us something to look forward to. And I would like to see him stay at this point. I know that there, I, I've been critical of him but we need different types of players for different types of you know situations 
And it's not a big deal if he doesn't play every single game, but when he comes off the bench, he needs to make a difference. And he did that today. He really, really did. He was even decent off of the bench against Olympiacos. You know, um, he was really good off of the bench against um, Burnley. So I'm just really happy for him, you know, and I'm just hoping that this is a turning point for him as an Arsenal player because I would like to see him stay. I would. I think he has a certain type of talent that can't be coached. It can't be taught. And if he could get better at the basics, he'll be really good for us. Daskuma says that Pepe passed to lock on the box was immense. It was. It really, really was. There was a couple of key moments from certain players that made the difference. That was one of them, and the goal line clearance for from Gabrielle was was it was the second one. Thoughts on the penalty? You know, um, finally, VAR does its freaking job. You know, it awards us a penalty that we were more than entitled to. Um, we were entitled to it, you know, but Pepe, the pass that he made, that is a class pass, you know, and on another day and maybe even another striker finishes that right away, you know, but we got the penalty and that's really what all that matters. So finally we get justice, you know, in an, on another day, we don't get awarded that penalty. Lamella doesn't get sent off and it's just complete bullshit, you know, so I think things went our way today. Hey, Aslan, thank you for being here. You're always here and you always give really good comments. So thank you for, for showing up. Chris Mundy says Muppets on UK TV saying it wasn't, I don't care what they think. I don't care what they think. You know, they spent the in, yesterday and today talking about how Kane and Bale and Son were going to rip us apart. Um, we're joint highest for best defense in the league with Chelsea Spurs is not up there. So I have a hard time understanding why they would think that that front three can kill our defense, but our front four can't do anything to them. They have Davis and Sanchez back there today. They had Alder wild, but they could have had Dyer. He's crap, you know, and Doggerty was a joke. So I don't care what they're saying. I really, really don't. We should have had a penalty from Burnley. Justice is served. We deserved it because we, at some point, they need to start calling the right things for us, period. So I don't care what they say. They're all a joke. I was very, very upset about the commentary. The commentary in the U.S. was absolutely lazy and crap before this game. You know, so we deserve this. Aslan says, you know, I'm not Arteta's biggest fan today. He got everything right. Team selection and subs, no complaints. And that's the thing, you guys, when he gets it right, we give him credit. When he gets it wrong, then, you know, we can dissect it and all that kind of stuff. But before the game, there were a lot of people that were very upset about Martinelli not being in this, in this um, game day squad. And I personally just think that, Martinelli is a 19-year-old that is coming from the fourth, like fourth level of Brazilian football. And when he came into the, the team last season, Arteta had not implemented his system fully. Now that the system is implemented, uh, Martinelli needs to mature and become better tactically and positionally aware. As good as he is and as tenacious and as 
much energy as he has, it needs to be reined in to a point where it's usable in our system. So I don't blame Arteta for one, not playing him, and two, you know, protecting him because the type of injury that he's, he's come back from and the type of explosive player that he is, he's not ready. And we don't need him right now. Stop using these things as a stick to beat Arteta with. You know, it's we don't need him right now. I get it. And I love Martinelli. But Arteta has been getting it right lately. And the things that have been happening are more individual errors that he has nothing to do with. You know, his substitutions are getting better. You know, so let's just give him credit when credit is is deserved. You know, like Oslan is saying. High five, high five. Hey. <laughs> high five, high five um, says, how far will you back Arteta? For me, he is not the answer. Yeah, so I'm going to back him as long as he's Arsenal manager. You know, um, if you're the Arsenal manager, I back you. I want you to do well, and I want you to – personally, I don't want to start over. You know, when you bring in another coach, which, I mean, you let me know what coach comes in with – limited resources, potentially no European football and cleans up this mess or does a better job than Arteta. But as long as Arteta is the manager, I back him, you know, um, he's doing well, he's making mistakes, he's learning on the job. And that's what you, that's what you, you should expect when you bring in a coach that's never coached before. You know, I'm not saying that he's perfect, but what I'm saying is that there's a lot of unnecessary criticism from people that just never wanted him in the first place, but he's here now. So let's just back him. Paul Toner says on Martinelli, I completely agree. He needs to learn the tactical side of the game more. And as you mentioned, back from a long-term injury, it's so funny because when, before the game started, all the Martinelli talk came through because David Ornstein reported on it and you know, he said he wasn't in the game day squad, but what he also said is that he's a part of Arteta's long-term plans. But that's never talked about. He's a part of the plans. You know, Eddie and Ketia and Lacazette will probably be gone next season. Hopefully, I'm not saying hopefully, but they they probably will be will be gone. That immediately opens up more chances for Martinelli. He's 19 years old, and we're under immense pressure. Why put that type of pressure on a 19-year-old? He's not Sokka. He's coming back from a horrendous injury. And the kid gets injured in warm-ups because he's trying so hard. You know, we need to hone, like, we need to harness his energy, get him used to playing in these tactics, and he will get time. I'm not worried about it. There's nothing to worry about. You know, I just don't understand what the, the stress level is. If you're worried about whether or not Arteta rates him. I think he does. I think he said it multiple times that he likes Martinelli. He's a part of his lo the long-term goal. You know, so let's just relax a little bit, you know? Ayob A says, who are the core players Arsenal should build around for next season? I think for sure it's Emile Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Saka, Pepe, you know, um, Thomas Partey, Kieran Tierney, and Gabrielle. Um, Gabrielle needs a partner. Tierney, obviously an, an immense player for us. The midfield needs to be built around Thomas and possibly Odegaard if he stays. And Saka 
and Emil Smith Rowe slash Pepe need the right striker to play with, you know? So I think we kind of know what our core is, you know, it's the younger players that continuously step up for us in, um, in these types of games, you know? Hi, F Society 04. <laughs> hey. By the way, I'm an LFC fan. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you are, that's cool. Philosonax says, are the last 10 minutes concerning or just a sign that we're not ready? Oh, we're not already where we want to be. I think it's concerning and it's an indication that we're not where we want to be. A couple months ago, that game is a tie or a loss. This time, it's a nervous 10 minutes. You know, um, we're still building. We're definitely not where we want to be. We have a hard time um, owning our dominance, if that makes sense. Um, and you could just tell that when we got to those last 10 minutes, we got really nervous. And I think we'll learn over time. And as we continue to get results like this, it's just like, you know, winning coming back against Benfica. It's just like coming back against Leicester. When you get those types of games under your belt and you start to see that, you know, like firsthand that you can come back from, from behind or you can win big games, then you, the nervousness is, is not there as much as it was before, you know? So the more that we play in big games and we win them, the more the team will believe and those nervous jitters will go away. Aslan says, not sure if you've spoken about Abba's situation. As a captain, he needs to set a better example. Arteta was 100% correct to ax him from the starting 11 and for him not to get a game time today. Lee Dixon said that when George Graham came in, it was the exact same thing. It was very authoritarian-like and by the rules. And he also said that if the team meeting is at 10 o'clock, the time to get there is 10 to 10, 10 minutes prior. They also spoke about how this isn't the first time. What kind of example are you setting as the captain of the football club if you don't think it's important to be on time for a team meeting the day of a North London derby? The commentary was completely overblown and quite frankly, idiotic. Arteta did absolutely nothing wrong today. A bombing was in the wrong today. 110%. You need to be on time. So now... The, the players that, again, like you guys have asked, we should be building our team around, which is not a bombing, now know what precedent is set at this, at, the, at this club. What are the requirements to play for Arsenal Football Club? Yeah, you need to be on time. Just because you're the captain and you're our main goal scorer doesn't mean that you get to be late. You know, and I'm glad that we won the game and he was sitting there looking like he was salty. I mean, that's just unacceptable for a captain. I don't think Arteta did anything wrong today. I agree, Aslan. Paul Toner says, exactly, Martinelli will be third, maybe second choice striker, third choice left wing, and third choice right wing. Plenty of minutes available to him next season to develop. I personally think so. I think that Arteta just knows we don't need him right now, and it's better for him to be physically and mentally ready to play next season when there's more opportunities for him to play. You know, so it's really not that big of a deal in my mind. I just think that no matter if there's a player that's being left out, it's used as a stick to beat Arteta with. 
And if this is any other coach, if this is an Ancelotti, if this is a Jose Mourinho, we wouldn't question it. But because it's Arteta, we question every little thing that he does. So as time goes on and his choices are validated by good performances and wins and things like that, we won't question him as much. Wolfgang Grenier says, Arteta is not our main problem. Let's stop promoting people in hierarchy just because they are already at the club. Yeah. G Money Man says, I just realized you were talking about soccer. Us Americans have some catching up to do. Respect. <laughs> yeah. High Five says, Leno should not be first goalkeeper. You're apparently a Liverpool fan, so... If you know if you know anything about our goalkeeper situation, Leno is the number one, Matty Ryan is number two, and Runnerson is number three, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that hierarchy. Renee, my mom, says strengthening the mentality. Exactly. The mentality needs to be right. You know, he's trying to implement a culture, and I cannot, I can't say that he did anything wrong today. People, of course, will try to say, well, you know, bombing would have finished this, a bombing would have finished that, but ultimately we won the game. So we did everything correct. Velasenac says, Jaka just said on German TV that Abba is very, very well aware of what he did wrong, but the team is behind him. He sounded not too happy with Abba though, to be honest. Yeah, because the commentary was saying that Arteta was hurting the team and, and the, the, the players. A bombing hurt his team, his team members. It wasn't Arteta. The rules are what they are. You know, we have to, you know, make sure that they're being carried out, you know, from one player to another. So Aubameyang was at fault, not Arteta. I don't know where that commentary was coming from. Again, the commentary today for me, the U.S. commentary was idiotic and one-sided, completely unbalanced and unfounded. Renee Black is saying Jose blaming VAR, but admits they played poorly in the first half. They did, and I don't care about VAR, to be honest. Um, again, we deserved a penalty against Burnley that we didn't get. You know, So things went our way, and we were the better team, so we deserved to win regardless if we got the penalty or not. Period. You know? So a couple more minutes, you guys. But yeah, um, I think that this game was probably our best game of the season from a result standpoint um the the opposition standpoint tactically getting 11 men on the field that were playing well um i know that lacazette may be somebody that you know depending on who you talk to may not have had a good game or not but ultimately i think that this was the best case scenario for the for what we were doing. Um, we've also have not been good at home. So to see us play with a dominant type of personality at home was great. And I, I couldn't be any happier. You know, we got the result and that's really all that matters in a really, really big game, you know? So just a couple more minutes, you guys, I don't know if you guys don't, if you guys have any more comments or questions or anything, I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, if there's no more comments or, you know, you guys are ready to go enjoy the rest of your evening, that's perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, my phone is blowing up. I'm sure your guys' phones are blowing up as well. And I hope that, you know, this gives you guys a chance to, to brag and, you know, banter whoever, you know, um, because it's been a long time coming. We really haven't been that great in the North London Derby. 
you know, um, recently, you know, so this has been a turning point. Oslan says, can we all appreciate how Cedric, my right back was today, defensively strong, offensively sharp, and complements our right side in general? I, you know, that's something I didn't think about was the fact that Bellerin didn't play today and Cedric was good today. I mean, there were points where I was like, ah, oh, Cedric, you know, but ultimately I think he was really strong. He only got beat one time by Lucas Mora and the rest of the game, he was pretty solid and he's just a different type of right back. He was really good today. So, all right, you guys. And for ratings, just because I have to record the Yama podcast in about two seconds. I can't do like the whole player ratings and all that kind of stuff. So I apologize, but you know, we'll bring those back next time. I just wanted to make sure that I had a chance to come and talk to you guys. And yeah, so thank you so much for being here. We won the North London Derby. We were immense. And in the comment section, let me know what you thought of this video, like this video, subscribe to the channel, and I'll see you guys tomorrow for the post-match show. We'll talk about the Olympiacos match. We'll talk about this match, and I'll have Owen Young on the show tomorrow, so make sure you're here. I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys.